Want to write a novel but not sure where to start? Grab a copy of my free story starter kit workbook by going to savannagilbo.com forward slash starter kit. In this free multi-page guide, I'll walk you through the first five questions to ask and answer before writing any story. You'll get clarity on your characters, your setting, your theme, your plot, and so much more. So one more time, go to savannagilbo.com forward slash starter kit to grab your free copy. Like most things, it's going to be about balance. So a good story is going to have both showing and telling, whether you're talking about interiority or any other writing tool. But giving us an inside look at how your character is subjectively processing information is not optional. So you do have to include that. And from there, it's just about finding the right balance. Welcome to the Fiction Writing Made Easy podcast. My name is Savannah Gilbo, and I'm here to help you write a story that works. I want to prove to you that writing a novel doesn't have to be overwhelming. So each week, I'll bring you a brand new episode with simple, actionable, and step-by-step strategies that you can implement in your writing right away. So whether you're brand new to writing or more of a seasoned author looking to improve your craft, this podcast is for you. So pick up a pen and let's get started. In today's episode, we're going to talk about interiority. And the reason I wanted to talk about this topic today is because it's one of the biggest things I see missing from the drafts I edit. And I wanted to share some light on this topic so that you can make sure you're including enough interiority in your work in progress or in your next draft. Now, before we dive in, I want to mention that I kind of set the stage for this episode back in episode number 82, and I now realize that not all podcast players use episode numbers. So if you're not listening on Apple Podcasts, you can search for the title of the episode. It's called Show Don't Tell What This Advice Really Means in Any Other Podcast Player. I'm also going to link to that episode in the show notes for easy access as well. But essentially, in that episode, I talked about how if you want to evoke emotions in your readers, you have to show your characters emotional reactions to things. And there are three main ways to do this. Number one, you can tell readers what a character is feeling so you can name the emotion. Number two, you can show emotions via body language, bodily sensations, or physical tells. And number three, you can show emotions via interiority, aka including your character's thoughts, feelings, and subjective interpretations of events on the page. And as I mentioned in that episode, this third method is the most impactful. And this is really what we're going to dig into more in today's episode. So let's start off by talking about why interiority is important. And I want you to consider this. Novels are the only storytelling medium that invite us into someone's mind and allow us to follow along as that person makes sense of what's happening. As that character makes sense of what's happening, so does the reader. That's what makes novels special. That's what makes readers go to novels when we have so many other choices for entertainment. So this kind of on-the-page processing is what it means to write interiority. And if you leave it out of your novel, readers are going to feel cheated because that's what they come to novels for. So there's no way around it. If you want to write the kind of stories that move readers and create lasting emotional resonance, then you have to become a master of writing interiority. And I'll tell you something I've noticed. Once you understand what interiority is and once you practice writing it into your draft, you're never going to look back. I see this in my clients and students all the time. It's one of those things that once it clicks into place, you're going to wonder how you ever wrote a story without it. So let's dive in and talk a little bit more about what interiority is. Interiority is on-the-page access to a protagonist's psyche as they process information in an interesting way. So basically, it's your character's thoughts, feelings, memories, impressions, opinions, reactions, and inner struggles expressed on the page. 
Another way of thinking about this is that it's what a security camera cannot capture. So it's not your character's physical reactions or their dialogue or anything that we can see externally. Interiority is all internal and it's all partial. Now, what do I mean by that, that interiority is all partial? Well, interiority is rooted in a character's perspective and no two people's psyches are the same. Everyone experiences emotions in different ways and everyone has their own unique worldview, values, priorities, hopes, fears, and biases that come into play when processing the world around us, right? So as an example, when you get angry, that might look very different from when I get angry and our anger might be caused by two very different things. And not only that, but there are many shades of being angry and thousands of different reasons why someone could be angry or whatever emotion you're working with, right? So to bring this to life in another way, I'm going to paint you an example. So imagine you're reading a story about a mother-daughter relationship and the mom brings her daughter home a brand new dress. And imagine it's very beautiful, it's very sparkly, and as you read the description of it, you're just expecting the daughter to love it, but instead she's angry. So as readers, we're kind of thinking, okay, what? That makes no sense. Why is she angry? This is a beautiful dress. And then let's say that you keep reading and the daughter storms off down the hallway you'd still be left in the dark about why she's so angry. You wouldn't understand why she's reacting the way that she's reacting, right? But if the author included some interiority, so for example, let's say that the author includes this. She thinks she can just buy me a new dress after what she did. I should have never asked her to come to Parents' Day at school. By including that little bit of interiority, the daughter's behavior makes a lot more sense, right? So we know a little bit more about why she's mad at mom and why even this beautiful sparkly dress is going to result in anger. I would much rather have those specific thoughts on the page than a description of a character storming off and stomping their feet down the hallway or slamming their door and rattling all the shelves in the hallway or anything like that. All of these are external reactions, and if you add them up over time, it just becomes way too dramatic. But this is where a lot of writers stop with their characters' reactions. And instead of just stopping there, I'd rather that you dive into your character's head to add this kind of context, meaning, humor, or emotion to any given situation. Again, this is going to be your superpower because interiority can help you reach the depths of someone's psyche that no other storytelling medium can. This is what makes novels so awesome and why we still choose to read novels while having access to so many other sources of entertainment like Netflix and Amazon Prime and all that stuff, right? So hopefully, as you can see, the purpose of interiority is to help readers connect with your characters by exposing their inner life, so their thoughts, their feelings, and their subjective interpretation of events. But interiority can also help you do more things, so it can help you reveal who or what a character is paying attention to or not. It can help you show readers why a character is saying or doing something. It can help you establish the intensity of a character's feelings about something that's happening or something that they see. Interiority can help you reveal a character's expectations of what's going to happen both before and after the conflict in a scene occurs. It can help you show readers how trusting a character is on the inside versus how they act on the outside. It can help you establish what a character wants to be kept private and why, which will eventually help you up the stakes. It can help you reveal a character's vulnerability in any given situation, and so much more. So in other words, with interiority, you can show readers exactly how someone is processing information or all the different layers of how they're processing something, which reveals character. And this is true whether you're writing in first person or third person, whether you're writing for adults, young adults, or middle grade readers. 
all stories, regardless of genre, need to include interiority. Now, you might be wondering, okay, this makes sense, but how do I know if something is interiority or not? How do I know if I've been doing this already or if a certain passage is interiority or not? You can ask yourself two questions. First, can a security camera objectively capture what's happening? So if a security camera recorded the moment, could any person in the world watch what's happening and report objectively on the facts? The second question you can ask is, is this passage neutral? And if you answer yes to both of these questions, that means that the passage is not interiority. So I want to quickly walk through an example of what interiority does and doesn't look like. And I pulled out just a few snippets of text from Ugly Love by Colleen Hoover. And this comes from the first chapter, so there's no spoilers. Okay, so I'm going to give you an example of interiority first. Here we go. This place seems more like a historic hotel than an apartment complex with its expansive columns and marble floors. So this is interiority because it's the protagonist's subjective interpretation of the apartment complex. She's telling us what it seems like, and she's showing us what she's focusing on. So if a security camera was watching her walk through this apartment complex, whoever is watching the footage of that would not be able to know that she thinks it seems more like a historic hotel than an apartment complex and that she's focusing on the expansive columns and marble floors, okay? So now let's look at something that is not interiority. Here we go. I find the panel and press the button for the 18th floor, then look up at the mirrored wall of the elevator. So this is just neutral movement, right? A camera could record this character pressing the button to the 18th floor, and a camera could show her looking up at the mirrored wall of the elevator. So if this is your first time hearing about interiority, the differences between those passages might feel subtle. If you feel that way, don't worry. I do highly recommend doing an exercise like this with a page from your favorite book and just kind of highlighting in one color what's objective that a security camera could record and that someone could report on objectively versus what is partial or subjective to that character, just to kind of get in the habit of feeling which is which. You can also do an exercise where you compare the interiority in your own work in progress with the amount of interiority that you see in published novels of the same genre. And I would say more often than not, you're going to be surprised to realize that you probably need to add more interiority. This is almost always the case with, I'd say, 98% of the drafts that I've edited or coached. So just a fun side note. Okay, so let's shift gears and go into how to write interiority. Now, since interiority is rooted in your character's perspective, you are going to need to do the work up front to understand their worldview, their fears, their biases, their hopes, their dreams, their goals, their preferences, their motivations, and all those wonderful things before you can write any kind of meaningful interiority. You're also going to need to do the work to develop your story's plot so that your character has something to react to. And this is important because even though our thoughts and feelings are private, they are rooted in or triggered by something or someone, including ourselves. So we need to flesh out character and we need to develop plot before we can write any kind of meaningful, impactful interiority. And then once you've done the work to flesh out your characters and your plot, there are some questions I want you to keep in mind as you write each one of your scenes. So number one is what is your character's goal coming into this scene? Number two, what is their motivation for pursuing that goal? Number three, how are they feeling when the scene starts? Number four, what do they hope will happen in the scene? Number five, what do they worry or fear will go wrong? Number six, how do they feel about their ability to accomplish their goal? Number seven, how do they feel once the conflict kicks in? 
Number eight, how do they feel about the other characters in the scene or even the setting? Number nine, how do they feel when the scene ends? And number 10, how do they feel about their place in the overall plot right now in this scene? You don't have to address all of these questions in every scene, but you can train yourself to think along these lines when your character is experiencing emotions. The writers who tend to struggle with interiority usually just use physical sensations to convey emotions, and their scenes end up feeling really dramatic or cliche. So instead, use these questions to dig deeper. Look for what lives underneath those physical reactions. If you're editing a finished draft, you can look for places where you've either named emotions or where you've written some of those cliche character reactions like slamming their fists on the table and stomping their feet and things like that. And you can elaborate or change what you have to include interiority. So, for example, if you find a spot in your draft where you've told readers that a character feels anxious, instead of just stopping there, show us why. So what is your character nervous or anxious about? Are they worried that they won't succeed in whatever's coming up in the scene? Do they have low self-esteem about something in particular? Will their ex-partner be in the room during a big presentation and was that unexpected? Are they worried about a specific worst case scenario that could give readers some additional context either into that character or the plot or the stakes? You know, things like that. Now, a question I get asked all the time is, isn't this telling? So including a character's thoughts, isn't that telling and isn't telling a bad thing? And my answer is this. Interiority can be telling, but it can also be showing. So if you're worried about interiority being telling, just do me a favor and just get that out of your head because like most things, it's going to be about balance. So a good story is going to have both showing and telling, whether you're talking about interiority or any other writing tool. But giving us an inside look at how your character is subjectively processing information is not optional. So you do have to include that. And from there, it's just about finding the right balance. And that's just going to take time and practice. So hopefully you can see that writing interiority is super, super important. There are many things beyond base feelings and immediate physical reactions that you can layer into your writing. And that's where you're really going to start giving your characters depth. And as an editor and a coach who sees a lot of drafts, I can tell you that this is one of the biggest things that's going to improve the quality of your first draft or any draft really. So always be on the lookout for where you can add more interiority. And I always tell my clients and students that when you feel uncomfortable about the amount you're adding in, that's probably when you're doing it right. So get to that level or get find that edge where you're starting to feel a little bit uncomfortable about the amount of interiority you're including and you'll know you're probably doing it right. Now, before I let you go, let's do a quick recap of some of the key points we talked about in today's episode. Key point number one is that interiority is on the page access to a protagonist's psyche as they process information in an interesting way. So it's your character's thoughts, feelings, memories, impressions, opinions, reactions, and inner struggles expressed on the page. It's what a security camera cannot capture. Key point number two is that it's all rooted in your character, so it needs to be partial. No two people's psyches are the same, and everyone experiences emotions in a different way. We all come into situations with our own unique worldviews and fears and hopes and biases and all that fun stuff, and that's going to affect the way we process the world around us. Key point number three is that it's not enough to just rely on physical sensations or physical reactions to convey emotions. This is what's going to leave your writing feeling way too dramatic or cliche. So instead, just aim to go a level deeper. Look what lives underneath those physical reactions and always ask questions like, 
why is this character doing this? Or how does she feel about this in the moment? Or what is making her react this way? And show that to us on the page. I'm sure that you know why someone's reacting the way that they are, but you need to put that on the page if you want readers to have that experience as well. The most important thing to remember out of all of this is that your character is not an impartial security camera just recording the events of the scene for readers, no matter which point of view you're writing in. You always have to bring it back to character and remind yourself that they're experiencing the moments you're throwing at them via the plot and that in real life, people react to stuff all the time. So, so should your characters. You're telling a story because you want people to experience it. And this is exactly what interiority will allow you to do. It's how you're going to get readers to live vicariously through your characters and how you'll give them the emotional experience they're looking for. So that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and for showing your support. If you want to check out any of the links I mentioned in this episode, you can find them in the show notes listed in the description of each episode inside your podcast player or at savannagilbo.com forward slash podcast. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're following this podcast because there's going to be another brand new episode coming out next week. If you're an Apple user, I'd really appreciate it if you took a few seconds to leave a rating and a review. Your ratings and reviews tell Apple that this is a podcast that's worth listening to. And in turn, your reviews will help this podcast get in front of more fiction writers just like you. So if you have a quick second, please leave a rating and a review and share this podcast with some of your friends. And then I'll see you next week with a brand new episode full of actionable tips, tools, and strategies to help you become a better writer. So until then, happy writing.